Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I have the privilege today of starting a series titled Gatekeeper, and I'm really, really excited about this series because it's going to deal with the most important thing in all the universe when it comes to you and the fact that you're the gatekeeper over that particular part of the universe. Uh, when I was growing up, I was a middle child. I had three older brothers, Jim, Tony, and Dave, who's in heaven, and I had three younger brothers, Michael, John, and Pat. We had seven boys in our family. And being a middle child, I have a lot of hang-ups that I've had to get over. Um, one was hand-me-down clothes. And uh, when our kids were growing up, I wouldn't allow Gina to let you know, Dave have Joe's clothes or Deanna have Michelle's clothes. And she'd say, they're like new. And I'd say, no, I was a middle child. It's going to mess them up. And uh, we just got to buy them their own clothes. And so I had all my middle child problems. And, uh, and yet there was a blessing of being a middle child. Uh, my mom was a great mom. Dad was a great dad. And we had a curfew. And uh, the older brothers, it's always tougher on the older kids. And uh, so Jim and Tony's curfew was 10 p.m. on a weekend. They had to be home by 10 p.m. And they complained about it, and they got in a lot of trouble for not obeying it. And by the time I got into high school, mine was 11 p.m., so I had a little more time. But I used to complain to mom, because I played football for JFK, and after a football game, we'd go shower, and then we'd go to the courtyard, and we'd do the victory bell ring. And, and uh, I wouldn't get to McDonald's, where we hung out, till about 10.30, and, and I had a half hour to scarf down three Big Macs, three large fries. And, uh, and talk to my friends, and then I had to drive home. And so I just never had time enough, and, and, and mom would always say, nothing good happens after 11 p.m. Be home at 11 p.m. No matter what I said, no matter how I begged. So we always stayed late. We tried to sneak in the house, and uh, all the doors we had to use, we sprayed the hinges with WD-40. We made sure they didn't squeak. All, all the floorboards, we would get, we try to just pound wood underneath uh, the floors to try to get the squeaks out. Couldn't get all the squeaks out. And um, we lived at the bottom of a hill. We lived on Valley Camp Southeast, and right at the bottom of the hill was our house. And so I'd always come home that way, and halfway down the hill, I would turn the engine off in the car, and I would coast into our driveway because my mom could hear anything. And, and I would turn left into the driveway. That way I didn't have to turn the car off. It wasn't running. Made sure the brakes in the car never squeaked. And I'd get out, and I wouldn't shut the door. I would just close it and just just go to the back door, go in the back garage door so the garage door didn't open, go to the side garage door, which was sprayed with WD-40. And no matter what, every time I opened it, mom was standing at the top of those stairs, <laughs> like just tapping her feet, and it, we were busted. And I'd come home an hour late, two hours late, I was always busted. Um, one night when I was younger, Tony broke curfew, and he was like two hours late already. That must have been midnight or something. And I thought, I'm going to watch mom. I'm going to find out. She's like a CIA ghost op. I'm going to find out exactly what she does. And I'm trying to study her ways. And she just, when Tony came home, she knew it. She woke up. She's at the door. She's tapping her foot. Tony walks in and, and she, she yells at him. And then he tells her off. He just starts telling her off. I'm, I'm old enough to be out later than this and blah, 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 blah. And if they had female boxers back then, my mom would have been great because she came with a right. Her hand was open, but she hit him so hard in the face. I mean, his head just went like this, and his, his jaw dropped, and she got his attention, and he quieted down. And my mom was an incredible gatekeeper 
of our home. And you could not get in there without her knowing, and you could not get out without her knowing, and you couldn't sneak anything. And she found so many things under my bed. I'm not going to tell you all the things she found, but no matter where I hid something, she found it. She was an incredible gatekeeper. And you know what? God's calling us to be a gatekeeper over some, something called our hearts, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And I thought you'd appreciate this, because there are some really valuable things in this world, and uh, a very valuable thing is gold. And I'm going to share some of what is called the most secure places on the planet. And these are literally the most secure places on planet Earth. Did you know the most secure place on planet Earth is considered to be Fort Knox? And that's where we have $180 billion worth of gold reserves in the United States. And Fort Knox is in the middle of Fort Knox military base. So you have this huge military base. And in the middle, they built this incredible vault for our gold. It's built out of granite. And then the granite has cement poured over with cement bars. And then they have this vault door. That, this door weighs 250 tons. And I remember doing research and I thought, what, what, what is 250 tons? I have no idea what it is. So I did some research. It's 500,000 pounds. That still didn't mean a lot to me. I know it's heavy. 500,000 pounds is really heavy. And it's all these steel reinforced bars going through and, and tubes. Uh, well, I found this out. Did you know that 250 tons, 500,000 pounds, is equal to 33 African male elephants? And if you've ever seen an elephant at a zoo, they're huge. And think about 33 elephants. That's how much that door weighs. And the combination has spread a bunch, a, a bunch of staffers. They all have just part of the number. They put their part in, and then they go, and somebody else puts their part in. And they have all this electronic surveillance. It's the most protected. It's the safest, most secure place in all the world. And what's it protecting? It's protecting the gold reserves of the United States of America. Now, I want to propose to you that there's something even more important than gold. It's your heart. And I want you to walk out of here today. Here's what I want you to remember. You're the gatekeeper of your heart. I'm not the gatekeeper of your heart. You are. And your heart is a really, really important place. In the Old Testament, before Jesus came, God lived in buildings. You know, we use this room to worship God in, but God doesn't live here. When we leave, God goes because God lives in people now. The Bible says you are the house of God. And I don't know how God does it. My mind's baffled when I think about it. But if you accept Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. We know God's omnipresence, but it's hard to figure out with his head. And he lives inside each and every one of us, and we're now the house of God. But in the Old Covenant, he lived in buildings and they had these gatekeepers in the Old Covenant. You can read about this in 1 Chronicles 9, 17 through 34. And take a look at the house of God, the tabernacle of Moses. And this place had three rooms. The outer room, a lot of people were allowed in, all kinds of people. But there were certain people that weren't allowed in. Then there was the inner room. It was called the holy place. Only priests and Levites could get in there. Then they had the holy inner inner room. It was called the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest could go in once a year and he would do a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And in there was the Ark of the Covenant. And that's where God actually dwelt on the Ark of the Covenant. That place was so important. 
that they had 212 gatekeepers and they would rotate them. 24 hours a day, there was a couple gatekeepers at every entrance point. The outer one, the inner one, and the Holy of Holies. And they were making sure only the right people got in to where God hung out. And they were making sure that nothing was taken out. They had these beautiful articles of gold and silver. These guys protected God's house. Well, now God's changed everything. And God says, I'm not living in buildings. He says, now I live in you. And when you accepted Christ as your Savior, the real you was changed. You were recreated. You were born again. And the real you is your spirit. And did you know your spirit looks just like you, you do? People that have out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences, and they go to heaven, they come back, they all say, I recognize my relatives. I, I recognize my, my aunt, my uncle, my children. They look just like they did down here. Your spirit looks just like your body. It fits in your body like a hand fits in the glove. It looks exactly the same, only it's in perfect condition. If you're missing a limb, you won't be missing a limb in your spirit. It's, it's the most incredible thing. And your spirit has what's called a soul. That's the part of us that's not renewed. That's the part of us that's old. That's what we're renewing. That's the part of us that can think bad thoughts and, and you know, uh, do bad things. And that's part of us that's growing now that we're, we're Christians. But listen to this. Inside your spirit, God lives in there. You may not feel it, but he's there. And wherever you go, God goes with you. None of you are ever alone wherever you go. And the more our eyes can be opened up to this truth, the more incredible it is. And your heart is so incredible. Your heart's your spirit and your soul. It is so incredible that God wants you to guard and protect it. Why? He doesn't want the wrong thing getting in and it needs to be fed with the right thing. And if you do, it changes your life. Your life changes. So take a look at this scripture. This is Proverbs 4, verse 23. I used it earlier in the year for a, a different reason, for a series, and I'm excited about going in some different directions with this. Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The first part says, guard or protect your heart. And notice how you're the gatekeeper of your heart. I can't do it for you. You have to do it. I can teach you some things about how to do it, but you have to do it. Your mate can't do it for you. No one on this planet can do it for you. Uh, parents that have young kids, you're the gatekeeper over their heart until they come to a certain age, but eventually they will be the gatekeepers of their heart. And I, I want you to notice this phrase, guard your heart above all else. There are other things in our life that we should be protecting and, and guarding. Uh, you know, for instance, your investments, your retirement, you should guard and protect them. You should keep an eye on them. Those are important. And our families, as a man, I know I need to protect my family, and I'm, I'm very cautious to protect my family. I keep an eye on my family. Uh, they might tell you I'm overprotective, but I, I just feel that's one of my responsibilities as a husband and as a father uh, to guard my family. But the Bible says above everything else, don't forget, the most important thing to guard is your heart. And the latter part of the verse tells you why it determines the course of your life. If you've lived any amount of years in this life, you know this already. The life we live, it throws us curves. I mean, we, we have storms hit our life, the storms of life. And it can be really bad at times. And we all have trouble that comes to us. And if you guard your heart correctly and you make sure the right things are in there, 
you'll be able to come through any storm that hits and you'll be able to come through without bitterness and anger. You'll be able to come through stronger than when you went in and you'll be able to come through with peace and joy in your heart. And you'll be able to walk through it with peace and joy. All of it's a result of whether or not you've guarded your heart. The Message Bible says it this way, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. And I like that phrase too. If you see the, take a look at the phrase, uh, life starts, and you take a look at the phrase, it determines the course of your life. Um, both of those come from one Hebrew word. And this Hebrew word's an interesting word. It's used throughout the Old Testament. And uh, I love the way it's used in, in, in the book of Joshua because uh, near the end of the book, that's where they divide the land to all the tribes of Israel. So you would read things like this. And to the tribe of Dan, here's your boundaries. Your east boundary will go forth to here and your west boundary will go forth to here and your north boundary will go here your south boundary will go forth to here it, it's the hebrew word that's translated as go forth and it just determines how far you go in every area of your life and the bible says if you put the right thing into your heart you'll be able to go forth you'll be able to break loose your boundaries will break loose in life and no matter what life throws at you you'll be able to overcome it but if you don't guard your heart, the opposite is true, man, you'll find yourself in a prison. You'll walk down here on this earth in a prison. So that's why this is so important. Guard your heart above all else. You're the gatekeeper of your heart. And I'd like to make a statement. Uh, all of us in this room are full of something. And when I was growing up, my dad used to tell me, Joe, you're full of it. And he would use the word, hurt my feelings, but I knew it was true. And, and uh, I had other adults tell me the same thing. I was a bit troubled. And so, but the truth is we're all full of something. Even Jesus taught it. He didn't say it exactly that way. But I want to show you what Jesus said. This is, this is out of the book of Luke, chapter 6, and it reads like this, verse 45. It says, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And I love the latter part. Whatever in you, good or bad, is going to come out. But the first part's about actions. And it's just saying, hey, if you put good things in, you, you'll react the right way. And if you put bad things in, you'll react the wrong way. And it's all a process of what you filled yourself with. It doesn't matter. You might not blow it and make a mistake. All of us make mistakes, even if we put good things in, because we're battling our sin nature. But I think this is absolutely fascinating. And Jesus is telling us our actions and our words that are not good are all a result of what we've filled ourselves with. And I got to thinking of some people most of us would recognize. And the first one was Anthony Weiner, who got in trouble for sexting. And, uh, you know, that guy didn't just one day decide to do that. I mean, how crazy do you have to be to do that? Anybody that understands a text knows they never disappear. Uh, how incredibly dumb is he? Well, I'll tell you what happens with a guy like that. It's what they feed on year after year after year, and it's who they are on the inside, and that's just how they act out. Then I got to thinking of Aaron Hernandez, who was the tight end for the Patriots, definite Hall of Famer in the future, an incredible talent, charged with murder. And you know what? I felt so bad for him, and I realized he didn't just one day decide to do it. It's what he fed on year after year and week after week, and he just put so many bad things in him. He was so angry. He let so much anger in that that's how he reacted. And my heart becomes sad when I see things like that. 
Then I think of uh, Donald Sterling, who most of us have heard about, the owner of the LA Clippers, and we saw how uh, just racist and what a bigot that he was by what came out of his mouth. And I look at a guy like that and I think, man, in his 80s, you think he'd have his life together. But Jesus said, man, if you put bad things in, bad things come out. If you put good things in, good things come out. And my heart is for you and I to make sure that what's coming out of us is good. And it, and it only can be good if we make sure we put that in us. You're the gatekeeper of your heart. So here's the three entrances into your heart. And we'll be talking about these in messages to come. Uh, your eyes, your ears, and your thoughts. And the, the lesson on thoughts, I was so impressed with it. I, I liked it myself. So I can't wait to teach it. And, and we'll talk about the eyes and the ears and how important it is to protect those spots. And we've got to make sure we don't allow the wrong things into them. And sometimes we put up with things. But if we put up with things and, and leave a hole, we let things come in, eventually something's going to come in that really, really messes us up. And it reminds me of a story. I have this um, screened-in porch that comes off our bedroom. And it, it's not real big. It has a hot tub in it and a room for one chair. And when we built our house, I asked the builder to build it out. And uh, he built the screen. It's, ju it's, just, it's just a wood frame. And then he got a roll of screen and just put it around and stapled it. Then he put slats over the, the, you know, the wood, and that's, that's how we build it. And it was so great. You go out, especially in the winter, you go in the hot tub in the winter. It's awesome, the hot water, the cold air. And we had this cat, Tiger. And I didn't think I could like a cat, but we got Tiger. And, I, man, I love this cat. He was so cool. And I, he, we didn't let him outside because he always came back with half his head eaten off. And uh, <laughs> he got in so many fights, and he always came back all cut up. And, and so we just wouldn't let him outside. And, and so I would let him outside in the screened-in porch. So he got a little bit of the fill, but he'd start trying to escape. And he would stand up and just push on that screen, and eventually he ripped it. And he just ripped this hole in it. So now I can't let him out in the screened porch because he'll jump and get out. And so uh, I, I didn't let him out, and then he died, and, and he went to heaven. We'll see him later. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind having him around in heaven. He was cool. So now I have this hole in, in the porch, and I thought I should fix this. But, you know, all, all that happened is bees and wasps got in, and then we, we had the ladybug invasions and things like that. And, and I would just kill the bees and then take the top off the hot tub and get in. So it was livable. It's just so livable. Just kill a couple bees and sit in there. And one day I walked out, and I, I saw uh, animal doo-doo on the floor in there. And I know mice and rat. I know their doo-doo, you know. It's really tiny. This was big. And I looked at it and I thought, whoa, that's big. And, and uh, so I took a picture of it on my iPhone. Not for weird reasons. And so then I Googled animals and I Googled their doo-doo and I compared it. And, and it was the doo-doo of a raccoon. And I thought, a ra raccoons are vicious, man. They'll, they'll jump on your face and scratch your eyes out. I mean, they're crazy. And I thought, here I am sitting in my hot tub, and there's places to hide behind it where I can't see, but it could squeeze in there. And I thought it could come out, and, and, I, and I'm in trouble. And, and once I saw that and I learned what it was, that screen got fixed really, really quick because that was something that could really mess my life up. And guys, I think that's the way we are with our eyes and our ears. I think that's the way we are with our hearts sometimes that we think, oh, this isn't going to hurt. But eventually, 
a coon's going to get in, guys, and it's, it's going to hurt you really bad. And that's what the devil's looking for. He's always looking for entrance points into our hearts. And here's a great scripture. It's 1 Peter chapter 5. And this is the guy we have to really watch for. And it reads like this, verse 8. Most importantly, be, be disciplined and stay on guard. Your enemy, the devil, is prowling around outside like a roaring lion, just waiting and hoping for the chance to devour someone. Now, typically when I teach this, I would teach it from an outside attack, like the devil's going to attack us from the outside, which would be true and accurate. But it's also referring to inside. You know, he's, he's checking you out with his helpers, and he's looking to see if you have open areas to where he can put something in you to cause you to believe the wrong thing. He, he wants bitterness and anger to enter in there. He wants weeds and dirty things, you know, that type of thing to enter in. He wants to get things in you that he could take those very things and he can destroy your life because he's inside you now, not possessing you, but he's inside you with his thinking and he's impacting you from the inside out. And he is always trying to do that. One of my favorite movies, I really loved it, was uh, the movie about Troy and uh, the Battle of Troy where the Greek Empire attacked. And they brought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ships and thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers. And they wanted to get inside the city gates of Troy. But Troy's gates were so strong and, and, and their wall was so strong that they could not penetrate it. The war went on for 10 years. Think about that, a 10-year war and Troy was standing, and Troy was killing Greek soldier after Greek soldier. And so the Greeks thought, you know what, we can't go on, we don't have the resources to go on. And they came up with an idea. They said, let's build this gift horse, a Trojan horse, let's build this gift horse, and let's get a couple soldiers in. It wasn't their army, just a couple soldiers. And if they take it inside, our soldiers can get out, and they can open the gate, which we can't penetrate, and then we can get in. And it was just a horse. So they left the shores, and the Trojans are just cheering, and they begin to have a party. And, you know, there was no satellite. There's no GPS. So once it turned dark, they can't see the ships. They don't know the ships turned around, and they're heading back. They brought that Trojan horse in, and they partied, and they got drunk, and they celebrated. Can you imagine a 10-year war has ended in their mind? Everybody falls asleep. The Greek soldiers come out. The Greek army hits the shore, and they come into the shore or they come into the, the walls and they defeat Troy. And it's defeated. But it was defeated by an inside enemy. And that's why I want you to walk out of here remembering you're the gatekeeper of your heart. Take a look at what Jesus said here. He warned us about our hearts. And he said this. He said in Luke eleven thirty four, your eye is the lamp of your body. That's one of our entrance points. And he said, when your eyes are good, your whole body is full of light. But when they are bad, your body also is full of darkness. So this could be your thoughts, your ears, your eyes. And we don't want to have what we think is light to be dark in here. In verse 35, he says, See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be completely lightened as when the light of a lamp shines on you. And that's what I want to have happen to everybody in here. I just want to take us all to another level. Some of you, are, you're already here, so my goal is just to take you a little higher. Others, you're just new. I'm going to get you to take your first step in being the gatekeeper of your heart. Everyone else, you're in between, and I just want all of us to go up to that next level. And I want to confront you with a question right now. 
And it's a real simple question. It goes like this. If not you, who? And if not now, when? Now, I just want you to to think about this because as I taught, I know God's already dealing with hearts. As we go into the next lessons, God will deal with your hearts about, hey, I need to shut up this part. I, I need to close the gate here. Hey, I need to get more of this in me. I need to get this stuff out of me. I know God's gonna do that. And I just want you to, to make a decision that this is the time. And uh, most of you know, if you've been hearing like the time, that uh, when it comes to getting in shape, I've struggled over the years and uh, uh, just had some real struggles. Recently, I went through the Daniel plan, lost 25 pounds. I've kept it off, lost three pounds at vacation, which is incredible. And I, I'm not only doing cardio, I start lifting again. So my arms grew an inch, my thighs grew an inch from muscle. So I'm doing better. I'm, get, I'm getting there. Just, I don't know if anybody my age or older, it doesn't come off as easy anymore. It just kind of like stays there. But, but years ago, years ago, when I was younger, I told Gina, I'm going to get in shape. And we had a treadmill in the basement. I said, I'm doing it. Th this is my time, baby. And uh, so I went down, I start walking on the treadmill. And uh, our kids were in school and they were doing a candy sale. They were selling Daffin's candy. And, and uh, Gina stored the candy on a shelf next to the treadmill in the basement. And she said, in a couple weeks, I'm going to take the kids out to the neighborhood. I said, cool, cool. So the first day that it's there, I'm walking on the treadmill. And I don't know if you know this, but candy bars can talk, especially if they're chocolate candy bars. They, they have a voice. And I just kept hearing, taste me, eat me, I'm delicious. So they were a dollar a bar. So I remember taking the first one. And I had to slow the treadmill down because I couldn't eat going fast. So I slowed down and I ate my first bar. It was so good I had a second. But I put two bucks in. So then every night I start going down to work out, I was bringing a cup of coffee. And uh, I'm walking slow, drinking coffee, and I ate two candy bars every night. And uh, so if not, you who, if not now, when? So, uh, <coughs> so a couple weeks pass, and the boxes are empty now, but they're full of money. And I'm thinking sometime I'm going to have to tell Gina what happened. So uh, she decides to take the kids out. And she comes down to get the boxes, and she sees they're empty, but they were all sold. So first she, said, she comes to Joe, did you, did you do this yourself? Did you go out and sell these? And, and, and I couldn't lie. I wanted to, but, but I, it was like self-preservation line, but I couldn't. And, and, uh, and I got this look on my face, and she said, did you eat all of them? And I said, only two a day. I mean, I said, I was moderate. And, uh, and I said, I was walking a little bit on the treadmill. And I said, cocoa's really good for you, too. And uh, it's part of my health plan. So, so she really got upset. And she said, that's why the scale's not moving. And I said, yeah, but I said, my metabolism's really slow, too. And, and uh, I could have blamed her for putting them on the shelf. Could have blamed the school for having a cell. But I, I could only blame myself, man. I was the gatekeeper of my tummy. And you're the gatekeeper of your heart, guys. And I want you to walk out thinking about that today. Last night after I taught this in the lobbies, it got crazy. We, I mean, everyone's saying what they were going to go get at Dairy Queen that night. And I hope I didn't mess you up for the day. But spiritually, you're the gatekeeper of your heart. And my question is, is this the time and the day where you're going to make a decision and say, Lord, as I go through the week, whatever you show me, I'm going to be like Joe's mom. I'm not going to let it in or I'm going to kick it out. I'm going to gatekeep my heart. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I've done my best to teach the Bible, and uh, 
I thank you for everyone in this room, Lord, every person. And Lord, every time we hear the Bible, you speak to us, and sometimes you say, great job, keep doing it. Sometimes you say, hey, you need to add that. And Lord, we just sit here and we just ask, man, as we open up and get ready to go in this series, Lord, power comes from our hearts, and Lord, we make decisions that change our life from our hearts, and Lord, we have faith in our hearts that can move mountains, and we want to protect this thing. It's more important than gold, you told us. And Lord, as we sit before you, we ask you, show us anything we can do to protect our hearts in a greater way and to fill them with the right thing. Would you just make that dedication to the Lord? And if he dealt with your heart already, just say, Lord, I'm going to change that in my life. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we make a decision right now. Spiritually, we're not going to drink coffee and eat candy bars on our treadmill of life, Father. We're going to guard our heart. We thank you for helping us do that. Let's keep praying. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, keep in prayer. I want to talk about the most important thing in all the universe, which is whether or not you get to go to heaven, which is your personal salvation. Man, we saw it in the Lord's Supper, communion. Jesus died so we can live. And some of you here might really be crazy, bad like I was, and others may be really good people. My brother Jim was a really good person, but he needed Jesus too. You can be somewhere in between. But the Bible teaches that we're born sin-stained, and we all need a Savior. We all need redemption. That's why Jesus died. And Jesus said, hey, if you call on my name, I'll save you. I'll save you, and I'll set you free. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Right now, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to leave your church. I'm asking you, what have you done with Jesus? Can you remember making it personal with him? And if you can't, today's your day. All you have to do is pray and say, Jesus, I receive you, and make a decision to follow him. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to do that, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Just say this after me. Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins, and this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I make a decision to follow you. I believe you died for me. God raised you from the grave, and this day, I receive you as Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.